0: I'm Nicholas Bertel, and we're here talking about If feels Street Could Talk and Vice. Nicholas, thank you so much for uh, meeting yeah. with me today. It's so great to... Thanks for having me on the, on the show. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. It's so funny to finally get to chat. We haven't uh, had a conversation before. So. I know, I know. No, this is great. It's great to be here. <laughs> um, so to start, I would love to kind of uh, find out kind of what, what your kind of uh, background is and kind of your path to becoming a composer. So sure. what was uh, that first moment in your life that you remember that music found you or that you found music, however you see it. And sure. how did that turn into this career? So actually the
1: first uh, real musical memory that I have is of, I saw Chariots of Fire when I was like five years old and I was obsessed with the score uh, <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> and we had this very old upright piano in our apartment uh, on West End Avenue in New York. And uh, I went over to the piano and tried to figure out how to play the theme and I, it kind of immediately asked my mom for piano lessons. So that was this, you know, film music and the piano, it was all kind of connected in the very, very beginning of my own, you know, connection to music in general. So uh, I think that was really the very beginning. And then um, I did take piano lessons and I became, uh, you know, sort of a, a Concert pianist, I guess. I I, I studied classical piano and I would perform a lot. Um, Started giving concerts when I was pretty young, actually. I was around 10 when I started giving sort of public concerts. And then um, I went to Juilliard for the pre college division, uh, you know, from when I was 14 to 18 and, uh, you know, studied music there and piano performance. And uh, I also started exploring jazz in high school Uh, and then I started. Uh, I would play like cocktail music at hotels and bars and do that, (laughs) which was awesome. Um, I learned the pipe organ, so I used to play the pipe organ a lot. I played played organ. Um, And then in college, uh, I joined a hip hop band. So I played in an instrumental hip hop band. It was two rappers and six um, instrumentalists. Uh, I was on keys and I would would write a lot of the music and I would play keyboards and synthesizers. And then Mm -hmm. we had, uh, you know, Live drums, electric bass, electric guitar. Uh, we had a conga player. Uh, we had uh, a DJ scratching live. We had two rappers. So um, I played with my band for about uh, it was like three, about three, three to four years, um, mm-hmm. and we we you know performed a lot. And then uh, the band broke up. And while you know while I was in college, actually. I started scoring uh friends films i had a very very dear friend named nick Lavelle who first approached me um in i guess it was like 2001 uh, to score his feature film that he was making uh called domino one which unfortunately never was released but that was really the first film where like you know you can't be a film composer without a film you know i think when you have a background especially in classical uh music the idea like there are these composers you're introduced to when you're really young and they seem they're so larger than life it almost seems impossible to be like oh i could be a composer like these composers you know if you think about someone like beethoven or mozart and they're they're you know these they really are these sort of like iconic immortal uh beings so i never thought of myself as a composer i always you know i love music and i would yeah. play the piano and i would. Uh, you know write pieces and then in college I'd write music with my band all the time. And it wasn't until I was actually just writing music all the time because I loved it naturally yeah. you know and, and it was just like a daily activity. That was when I started saying to myself oh am I a composer? Yeah, yeah. You know because I seem to be writing a lot of music all the time <laughs> I don't you know. So I think you sort of almost like I don't know at least for me I kind of grew into that idea that maybe this was something that I could do. Yeah. Um, Because it does seem you know it's hard I think it's hard to almost imagine yourself as like, am I good enough to be able to be a, compl-? you know, what does that mean?
0: But you always um, get to that point where I remember in film school, Yeah. you know, like you want to be something and then you're, I remember my, one of my professors yeah. like, no, call yourself a filmmaker. But it's like, am I a filmmaker? Right. Like, yeah, right. I, I don't I feel think, comfortable, I exactly, wanted to be my entire life, but it's Exactly, like,
1: it's a dream, you know, and I love music and I right. loved movies growing up. I would watch movies all the time, you yeah. know, and, and for me actually, I think um, I love, I really love that mixture of, of music and film. There's something that is really mysterious about the way that music interacts with a picture. And I don't don't think it'll ever cease being fascinating because I just don't, you know, I I always feel there's no way to know what's gonna happen when you put those things together. There is this sort of magical mystery of, of, of that combination. And I actually like, there's a lot of music that I I think I like it even more when it's in a movie than yeah. when it's you know just on its own there's right. something about the combination that's really Uh, Kind of intoxicating so and
0: score is such a weird Concept to begin with because it's like you never think of it like oh, yeah, just put music in there But there's no music right now. We're not sitting here with a with an orchestra. Right. What do you do? Like, what do you do?
1: (laughs) It's an amazing no It's an amazing question because there's like, you know for any movie there's infinite possible scores like you could do anything actually and it's up to you and the director to somehow decide you know what what that's going to be and there's a million different things that go into that that equation but like <laughs> it is it is an interesting uh enterprise yeah for sure <laughs> yeah
0: um so you you mentioned you did um kind of start sh- uh, scoring short films and some yes. of your and your friends films kind of uh, a lot all the time when you start was that yeah. kind of how you kind of got your mechanics and techniques kind of down before you started tackling bigger things? Absolutely. I mean, there was, uh, in
1: college,
0: actually it was on that first film with Nick
1: Lavelle that, um, I, you know, we spent so much time together. Uh, I mean, literally years. We worked on that film together. I wrote hours and hours of orchestral music that was all sequenced on this like cork Triton keyboard that I just was like layering all these tracks and coming. You know, <laughs> we never. We had. I mean, we had no budget, so yeah, yeah. I was just like this is what we're doing. Um, and uh, that was for. You know, I mean, it was. It was in that. It was in that period of time that I think I started to. Uh, Experiment a lot, Mm -hmm. and you know, you 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 know, it was his film, and we were you know, neither of us really knew what we were doing. So I think you know, you see different scenes, and you're just sort of like you know, there's two people on a rooftop, and there's some sort of you know, you know, confrontation that's about to happen. What do you do? Well, we could try this, we could try this, and I was always fascinated with how the different music choices would immediately turn the scene into like a different genre. Yeah, yeah, right away, you know, exactly. Like if you wanted to, it could be a comedy. If you wanted to, it could be a horror movie all of a sudden. If you wanted to, you know, it, it was. Which was just kind of mind blowing that how immediately that was possible. Um, like just by music, it has that influence. Had that impact, yeah. you know, and then saying to ourselves, okay, we can do all these different things, but like, what do we actually want to do here? Like, right. what what do we want to say here? Yeah. And that, I, so it was in those years, you know, it's probably over that first three year period where I really started getting a sense of that. And I actually scored another film at that time, a friend's documentary. So I was. Playing with those ideas, and then um, over the next probably um, s- five years, uh, I scored a lot of friends' short films. Yeah. Um, I did kind of any type of project that would come my way. I, you know, I did everything from short films to like. I wrote telephone hold music. I mean, I would, you know. That's amazing. I loved it. It was great. I did whatever, you know. It was really for fun. Well, what's uh,
0: the, how much time do you have in a telephone hold music? How much music, like what's the looping point I get? That's a good question.
1: I just wrote a track that was like three minutes long. (laughs) Really? And I just gave it to him. And then uh, my friend, because a friend of mine worked at a restaurant and he was like, you know, look, I can can get your music on the hold music. (laughs) And I was like, and and he was like, they're not going to pay you anything, but they'll like buy you dinner. And I was like, great, we're doing it. So I was like, I <laughs> yeah. love it. So we did, so I wrote this music, and it was kind of like spa music. It's very relaxing yeah. kind of ambient thing with piano. And then um, we sent it in, and they, I guess they liked it. And so all my friends would call into the restaurant and be like, they'd be like, hello. And my friends would be like, hi, can you please put me on hold? <laughs> and I was like, appreciate your support. That was amazing. <laughs> so that was my, your uh, first concert, right That then. was like my first, like, yeah, that was some of my first public <laughs> yeah. music was this, you know, telephone. Hold. But it was great, you know, you just sort of do all, whatever. And um, I guess the first projects that, uh, you know, had a, a larger potential audience was I, um, I was actually in uh, a short film that Natalie Portman directed called Eve. Right. Uh, and I was the actually the cocktail pianist <laughs> playing music in the uh, in a restaurant sequence in her film wow. uh, with Lauren Bacall and Ben Gazzara actually That's so amazing. I was played and uh, you know uh, I just I played a piece that, that I'd written um, so that was kind of the I think that was the first music of mine that was in a movie that more people might potentially see. Right. Uh, and um, and then I worked with Natalie again on the scene that she directed in the film New York, I Love You. Exactly. So right. um, so I wrote uh, the music for that, and then um, I you know I was I l- lucky in a lot of ways because many of my friends uh, from school wanted to be directors yeah. uh, or producers, and so you know we would all kind of you know just try to. together and and collaborate on projects and a very dear friend of mine adam leon uh reached out to me about scoring his film give me the loot um and that was the first indie feature uh that i fully scored i think that was yeah and that came out in we worked on that in 2000 that came out in 2012 yeah so that was the first that was the first sort of full feature that i That I worked on that was released.
0: I mean, two thousand twelve was not that long ago. It kind of exploded.
1: Takes a lot of, but you know, it's funny because it's like it's there's so much uh, there's so much work that I've done that has not come out. You know, it's also it's (laughs) It's like a exactly. You know, but it's but it 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 has been it has been an amazing uh, few years, and I just feel so lucky to get the chance to work with uh, with with all the people that I work with. Absolutely, Uh, it's it's uh, it's really been a dream of mine for so long, and you know to actually had yeah, actually get to score films. I, I still think it's it's amazing. So one
0: yeah. of the one of the first uh projects that I kind of noticed your name of course was 12 Years a Slave. Yes. And yes. so you did uh, the uh additional the additional music for the the songs that were within the film? So I did, I did all the on camera. Yeah. Mu- so I wrote
1: oh, and oh, and research, and researched all the diegetic music and arranged that music. Um I met Steve McQueen through Jeremy Kleiner at Plan B Entertainment wow. and um I worked really closely with Steve on you know what is the, what is the sound of you know it was that first question actually that he that he posed was you know what is the sound of uh, what music would an African American violinist be playing in New York State in 1841. So that was the question, and we a- <laughs> dove into it. And so you know um, it was a huge um, a huge amount of research. It was a huge amount of work, and uh, and it was that real close collaboration with Steve um, in getting a sense of what not only what was what what to the best of our ability could we ascertain was that sound of that time, mm. but also filmically what 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 was Steve looking for too So it's that kind of combination of all the research plus what actually, Works for the director and cinematically, scene, scene, exactly. Yeah. So, so it was it was amazing, and Steve is it, it's just an unbelievable artist, and uh, you know that was a very, uh, really impactful and and formative experience for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking of, so speaking of great directors, you've you worked with so many great directors, but. Uh, Steve McQueen, but also um, Adam McKay was, you know, played yeah. a big part. Yes, <laughs> has McKay. played a big part in your Ab- abs- career. Absolutely, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, so, of course, amazing. The Big Short, uh, which was a fantastic film, fantastic you. score. now, of Thank course, you. you're working with him again on Vice. Yes. Uh, so, talk about working with Adam. What kind yeah. of director is Adam? Of course, we a lot of people know him from his co- comedic background and sure. working with Will Ferrell sure. and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, He's making these. He's kind of uh, these t- looks onto these kind of historic figures, these parts in you know, American history. Yeah. Um, uh, so what was what is Adam like as a director and what was it like working let's start with the big short starting sure on that, on sure that film.
1: Adam is a joy to be around he is uh, he you know as anyone might imagine he's one of the funniest people you could possibly <laughs> spend time with um, and, and you know and he's constantly doing bits and there's you know he's he, a writer he, too he's so. an incredible writer he's an incredible writer <laughs> he's an incredible mind I mean he's yeah. got a brilliant mind and he has such a wide-ranging set of interests you know um, but I think he has this fascinating combination of a very brilliant uh, comedic genius, but he also has this very, very incisive analytical perspective on things, and and he does the work. I mean, he does the reading. He researches things, you know, A to Z. So um, it's that kind of fascinating um, mixture that I think has, uh, you know, led him to to the projects that he works on and to and to what those projects have become. Yeah. Um, but he's amazing to work with and and we I met Adam uh, through Jeremy Kleiner as well jeremy and D, and Dee Gardner at Plan B. and um, it was on the big short that we first started to talk. and uh, I remember the first thing he said to me when we when we spoke was he said he was trying to figure out, what is the sound of dark math? Dark math. <laughs> dark math. He's like, you know, cuz this story is really about like mathematics gone awry, yeah. you know? And so
0: I love that kind of a Cuz that's your job now. He says that. That's now, your job. And now like it's your job what is as a you to translate that. What do you do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and
1: and I think that's great because each movie, the way I feel about stuff is each movie is its own adventure, you know? Yeah, yeah. Each movie is its own artistic, intellectual, emotional journey that you're going to go on and that you want to Figure this out, like what? What is? What is that? And uh, so I wrote this piece, which was like I, I took like six pianos, and I, I, I had this idea when he said that of the, uh, this concept that like if you had this math that was going awry, and you're thinking about financial markets, there was this this idea of creating a sound that felt like it had both instability and stability at mm-hmm. the same time. You know, yeah, um, sort of like interlocking matrices or something like that. And um, so I wrote this piece and I sent it to him and uh, and he loved it, and he was kinda like, you know, you're hired, <laughs> so, so that was crazy. And uh, you know, um, and I just started, that was while they were shooting uh, the, the film, wow. actually. So he, you know, I, I was sending him some of this stuff while he was in, yeah. in the process of making it. And then um, it was that summer uh, of 2015, that you know, I was you know, I didn't know exactly how he wanted to proceed with actually you know the the post process, and um, I flew out to LA because I live in New York, and right. I flew out to LA and um, I met up with Adam and with Hank Corwin, who's our editor on mm. the film, and I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but we just instinctively somehow started to like like all sit in the same room and just work together. Like maybe it was because Adam he brought me in really closely to the process of the actual editing of the film and Hank wanted that as well and so I actually had a room set up I had like my keyboard and all my equipment and I would like bring the keyboard into the editing room and I would just like play stuff and you know even while Hank was editing I would be like well what if we did something like this and so in real time we were like trying stuff out and it was just completely um Uh, You know, uh, mind blowing how that, what we were able to accomplish in a short period of time because, you know, there there was like this instantaneous. Kind of mind meld that we were able to do together, and uh, you know, you know, Hank, Hank, sort of likened it to like playing jazz together, where it was like, yeah. you know, we were like improvising, we were trying things out, um, we were each kind of riffing off each other, and um, but you'd
0: get that feedback instantly, too. right away, right away. Yeah. I mean, the
1: type of thing where, like, let's say I had written a piece in New York, and then I spoke to Adam, and then I emailed it over, and then they listened to it, and then they came back. You know, that whole process of let's yeah. say one piece that could be like a week, yeah, exactly, and we could ac- we could accomplish that same process in. 20 seconds you know where I'd, he, we'd be like nope but like, cool great moving on <laughs> don't worry about it try something else you know so that was what was really fun about that and um, and we just kept at it and uh, we sort of you know just explored it all really closely together and it was after that experience that I you know I think all of us you know who are working in, in any field really but you know I think especially a collaborative creative Field like film, I think we're all sort of trying to hone in on what is our process, what is the way that we feel most Mm -hmm. not only connected to the work, but also connected to how we make these works, you know. And um, and I think that summer really solidified for me the way that I felt most strongly, you know, uh, for me about that. And uh, and it was interesting because it was it was right after it was that summer that I met Barry Jenkins. Mm. And um, when we first met up, uh, you know, Barry, you know, we had this really kind of amazing multi-hour conversation about music and life and and, and films, and um, but, uh, but once we started working together one of the first things he said to me was you know how how does this work like how should how should we collaborate like what's that's the interesting. best process the director asked that and i said to him because i was i had just experienced that on the big short yeah. i was like here's how we're going to do this <laughs> i was like we're going to meet up in the same room yeah. you're you know you know we're going to work in my studio together and we're just going to sit together and we're going to watch the movie together and we're going to we're going to be kind of together and that's how this is going to work you know and it was just it just felt so um uh Clear to me that 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 was the right approach, and and Barry was a like, great. That's so that amazing. so 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 uh, you know it's a long way of saying that it was that summer on The Big Short that I really feel that I lo- I learned so much about
0: um, how how I wanted to you know uh, work on these films. It was also rare to find other collaborators that kind of fit into that because totally yeah it was amazing no it
1: was amazing and i mean again like they're incredible that's
0: not the norm most composers would be watching this like what the hell
1: honestly (laughs) i don't you know it was they were open to me they were open to me i i'm so lucky that they were um you know because i can totally imagine a scenario where the director and the editor would be like hey it's cool we're gonna work on this we'll be in touch you know and and that and that that, would have been you know that would have been what it was, you know. Right. But they were actually like, "Why don't you come on in here?" And I was like, "Great, let's. What do you want me to do?" Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so we sort of went on that process, and uh, yeah, that was. And then, uh, so back to Adam. I mean, that was, you know, on The Big Short. Uh, you know, that was really how we proceeded that whole that whole summer. Yeah. And um, and then since then, I, um, you know, I next worked on a Succession with yes. Adam, and then uh, we started talking about Vice. Uh, pretty early on in his uh, process of writing the script, so that was you know a while ago. Yeah, and uh, and right from the very beginning, you know, Adam had involved me in thinking about the sound and posing those same kind of questions. Right, you know, right. with uh, with Big Short, maybe it was like, what's the sound of dark math? You know, with Vice, it? <laughs> it was more. I think it was this question of. Um, you know, Adam felt right from the very beginning that this this story of Vice is such a big story. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not only the story of Dick Cheney. You know, this 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 person who has you know and, and his 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 life over many many years, his rise through Washington and the the repercussions of his actions, mm-hmm. but it's also the story of America at the same time over yeah. the past sixty years, and in a lot of ways, sort of the world of the past sixty years. So, because of the size of that story. Um, Adam's initial instinct was, okay, we need to, you know, we should have a, an orchestral, a symphonic scope mm. for this score that is massive, you know, because yeah, yeah. that's how big the story is. And so right from the very beginning, there was this idea of an orchestral approach right. uh, and a very large orchestral approach. Um, and uh, and then we sort of, you know, went from there as far as how we, uh,
0: you know, uh, executed it and how it evolved, too. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're dealing with... Uh... With vice, these kind of people that I mean, my age grew up with. I remember seeing Dick Cheney, seeing him speak, seeing sure. Bush speak. So we, we yeah. all we have this image in our mind mm-hmm. of who these people are. These are, you know, current, uh, still alive. They're still living yeah. uh, uh, of you know, political figures. So when yeah. you're dealing with that and you're having an actor's interpretation of that, I guess musically, how do you start fleshing them out and hopefully making the audience see them as a character rather mm-hmm. than that figure we saw speaking? and maybe beyond, for, you know, not like an yeah. SNL impersonation of them. You know, right, make right, him how do you alive? make it all real? Yeah, yeah.
1: no, I think um, I think those are the big questions, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it's like, what is that sound? Yeah. Like, what is the sound of this film? Right. And part of it is those initial instincts and experimenting with them, but it's also, you don't really know until you're working with the footage, like yeah, you were saying, exactly. you know. And um, with, with Vice, I had this instinct, you know, after Adam was talking about his view of 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 the scope and the and the potential sound I had this feeling that um you know I was thinking about what is the sort of what is the idea of of an American symphonic sound you know and I think there is an idea of a a large sort of American symphonic sound and then I think we all have this idea of like what is a hero's journey like what does that sound like is it like a brass fanfare you know what is that And my take was, well, you know, this movie isn't those things necessarily. It's a different kind of a thing. I felt the movie, the score, had to understand those ideas but had to incorporate a dissonance into them Mm. so that actually every, basically every single cue in the film, whatever the musical motif that's happening, there's always a few notes that are like wrong. So that you're always feeling something, which the hope was that you would kind of, it would make you look at things through a different Lens, like, and realize that, like, there is a dissonance throughout everything that's happening in the film. Not, and, and there's a dissonance in maybe our understanding of the past 50 and 60 years and what's yeah. happened to this country, you know, and where, where have we come to, et cetera, you know. So that was the idea that, like, you know, there's a theme that I wrote for, um, for Dick, which is the theme called, I called it the lineman theme. Yeah. And that's, you know, the idea is that when, when he was young, he was actually worked the power lines in Wyoming. And, you know, so there's this sound, this sort of like trumpet, kind of a trumpet fanfare that I wrote for him, and yet there are these notes which are dissonant to the, to the you know, key that it's in, essentially. And, and what I found that was fascinating as I was working on it was that, you know, the, as you get used to these dissonances, they start sounding normal to you. Right. And I th- that's sort <laughs> of also maybe an interesting metaphor for the past. You know, fifty or years. Or just
0: yeah. currently, the past two years. Even
1: the well, tra- yeah, tragically. <laughs> tragically. No, no, and 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 I think yeah. it's important for it not to feel normal. Exactly. You know, that was the whole idea that we. It, it's always gonna. Yeah. We're gonna. We're gonna be very clear on the dissonance, especially as the film evolves. Yeah. You know. Um, and I think what's interesting too is, you know, um, there are ways of being dissonant within the notes, but there's also ways of being dissonance even in the juxtaposition of things. So, for example, um, the fake ending of the film, yeah. you know, uh, that happens in the middle of the movie. Um, you know, that the, the, what you're seeing, is, you know, clearly there's elements of deep satire there. Yeah. And what you're feeling is, you know, you're seeing the story of how, you know, Dick's heart is healthier than ever. And the music is this incredibly lush, orchestral, perfect Hollywood ending, you know? <laughs> and so the music is not dissonant and that's its own dissonance maybe is exactly. like what's wrong Why? some things. It actually feels the most perfect? wrong yeah, yeah. is that cue that I wrote. You know, you're like you're like, wait, that's totally not right. You yeah. Know? So I it was interesting thinking about those things and in a lot of ways too, um, I think the question of the tonality of the project, like yeah, the tone would be so difficult. very, very subtle, and uh, having worked on succession, where you know there's both an exploration of gravitas and what what I felt was sort of like a you know a, a, a level of absurdity that's happening at the exact same time, yeah. and trying to think about you know asking yourself the questions like, what are we doing here? You know what is, yeah. the, right, what is the right sound there? You know how, how how do we want to feel? And just trying to be very honest with yourself about like, well, you know, is this working? Is that really what we want to feel? Because um, I think a lot of it is clearly about um, feelings in yep. all these of moments. Course. Whether whatever the movie is, whatever the moment is, it's just like, what are we supposed to feel here? Exactly. And um, no matter what the music is, or no matter what the how great the piece is, it's 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 success or failure is really about like is it saying the right thing here exactly. for us, you know? And, and that's the question. I mean, that's that's why I feel working so closely with directors is helpful because, you know, writing the music is its own enterprise, but film scoring is about what's the right music, Yeah, you know? So it's like, that's the thing that you can only discern from the director.
0: We were, of course, just talking about, um, working with Adam McKay, let's move to another fantastic director, Barry Jenkins. Sure. Um, and, uh, so when you worked, uh, you worked with, of course, you scored Moonlight, which won Best Picture, which I think, even so, though you didn't win Best Score, I think it's a huge compliment that you're, you know, for, a, for everybody. I'm unbelievably honored to be a part of that. that, that journey. <laughs>
1: no, look, it's, you know, it was an amazing, it was an amazing journey. We were, um, you know, we were all really overwhelmed by by that experience. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I think it's it, to be nominated ever in, in anything oh, sure. is, 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 um, just such a uh, special experience. So, so yeah, and the fact that it won Best Picture was crazy. <laughs> I mean, we just, uh, you know, I mean, none of us
0: will ever forget that. that especially yeah. how
1: it unraveled. But yeah. of course, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was that was quite that was quite a night.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you talked about t- working with Barry just briefly yeah. and how you suggested that the same method of being very into his process yeah. and him and yours. And um, so when you went on that journey with Moonlight, yes, how did uh, yeah, t- t- did it go in the kind of what kind of direction to go in versus compared to you know working with Adam McKay? Where did it go with, with Barry?
1: Well, you know, I think one of the one of the things about both Barry and Adam is, I mean, there are there are a lot of similarities in the approach. Is that the very close collaboration um, and also, you know, getting involved pretty early in the process. With Moonlight, I um, I read the script and I was you know it. it it was the most beautiful script I'd ever yeah. read. It really was, I mean, it's just a work of poetry. Yeah. And um, the early conversations that I had with Barry, I talked about, you know, I was trying to figure out this music, like, what is this musical analog to poetry? Like, could, what, what would a musical poem, you know, sound like? Right. And uh, I wrote a piece of music um, in trying to imagine that for Barry and for the film and um, I, it was for piano and violin, and I actually called it Piano and Violin Poem mm. because I was literally trying to channel this idea of like, oh, it's a poem, you know. Yeah. And um, I sent it to Barry, and um, he felt it just immediately connected with, with Little, and that piece is Little's theme. Right. And actually, the demo I sent to him is in the movie. That's the track.
0: Wow. So, you know,
1: it was, that was really our starting point, and, and, it, and it's always fascinating, I think, because... Um, sometimes those initial ideas, um, you know, work like that, but more often than not they don't and I think even when they don't work they tell you something, you know. Yeah, yeah. So for example actually on, on If Beale Street Could Talk, um, early on you know, I read the book, read the script, talked to Barry before he shot If Beale Street Could Talk and then um, his initial instinct to me for Beale Street was that he was imagining that the the score would have horns and brass, that it would be that that would be the sort of sound world of the film, and um, I went you know went ahead and started experimenting with brass. So I experimented with with trumpets and flugelhorns and uh, French horns and cornet, mm. and I wrote a piece of music uh, that was you know kind of trying to imagine that. This was before I saw the footage, mm-hmm. and Barry really loved the piece, and when we put it up against the picture. It just felt like it was missing something and what was interesting was this this idea you know was the same kind of a process of imagining things but it wasn't quite right mm-hmm. and we discovered that it was missing strings and this world the sort of world of like the sound of 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 cellos and the ensemble of cellos um that felt like it just symbolized love in the film mm-hmm. and you know the film is really about love and injustice and Within the context of love, it explores so many different kinds of love. It explores, um, you know, romantic love. It explores erotic love. Yeah. Uh, it explores the love that parents have for their children. It explores a kind of like divine, almost uh, pure, unconditional love yeah. in a way too um, between Tish and Fani, and uh, the the way that we actually evolved the music over the course of the film was this interplay between brass and strings and um, you know i i think that uh i don't know it was it was it was always i guess just fascinating to me the way in which you know you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going to work until
0: you actually try it out and that's why the process is so essential i mean it's also about i mean. Getting to, to succeed and to find something that works, you do have to fail to get there. Yes. So yeah, earlier, you have to you have to there's a path. There's a yeah, path. Yeah. There's a journey,
1: you know. <laughs> and and Barry always talks about it too. I mean, we we start with certain ideas, but the you know, we don't know the destination. You know what I mean? We don't know where we're gonna wind up. We don't exactly know what's gonna happen. And I think that's what's so fascinating in a lot of ways, is that we ourselves are learning what the movie is telling us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we ourselves are responding to this picture and to these characters and we're feeling things. And one of the things that I think Barry is so just incredible at is is knowing the feelings that he's looking for, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he's so able to um, feel connected to that and it's so helpful for me as a composer because then I'm able to, you know, you know, if he says to me, we need this to feel like joy or something like that, you know. Yeah. Then I can say to myself, okay, you know, let me try to imagine that based on everything that I'm also feeling, you right, know, right, and based right. on all the reading and all of the ideas. Um, but he knows what he wants, and I was most struck by that. I think for the first time in Moonlight, where there were certain scenes where you know I maybe came at it with a different perspective, and immediately he would talk about what he was feeling, yeah. and then I would, and then I was like, oh wow, that's. That's different, but that is, you know, so powerful. Right. Um, the, the best example, I think, is that there's a, um, a swimming sequence in Moonlight uh, in Chapter 1 where Juan is teaching Little to swim. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, what's really fascinating there was that when I first saw it, I was saying to myself, oh, you know, here's it's Chapter 1. We've heard Little's theme. Uh, this gives us a chance to maybe explore the, uh, you know, an evolution of Little's theme. You know, maybe it's a, a, like a, f- a chamber orchestra playing it and maybe we're going somewhere else with it because this is a beautiful moment in Little's life. You know what I mean? He's learning to swim. He's with, you know, he's with Juan who's his father figure, you know, or who's taken on that role in some ways. Um, And... I showed it to Barry and Barry was like nope. He's <laughs> like no man. He was like this isn't this isn't like this happy moment in little's life. He's like this is actually he's like I want this to feel like a spiritual baptism. Wow. You know, I want this to feel like the first day of the rest of little's life mm. where we are starting to get a sense here of everything that is to come yeah. and understanding the gravity of that and immediately shifted my entire perspective on it. But, you know, again, that's the powerful thing about you know this kind of a dialogue with the, the director where yeah. like you don't, I, I did not know that until not only did I talk about it with Barry, but also showing him something and giving him a chance to be like, you know, how do you feel when you hear this? And yeah. he's like, I don't want that there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay. So, that, so But that was the thing where it was because that wasn't right, right. that we were then able to get to something that, was. that
0: ho- hopefully was, yeah. So um, You're talking about, uh, so, you know, he, he tells you joy and you try to then, turn that into music. When you're searching for joy, or sadness, or whatever yeah. the emotion is, are you pulling from your own life experiences to what your embodiment of joy is? Or are you like, this is what joy is for this character in this specific moment? I mean, I it's guess, a great question. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, I think it depends on the project and also depends on um, on the director. You know, mm-hmm. I view myself as, my job is to listen. Right. You know, um, my job is to sort of receive this direction and this guidance uh, from someone in, in in a way, you know, I'm sort of like trying to be a uh, sort of a sponge for that. I yeah, guess. Exactly. And uh, it's not about my life experience, really, at all. You know, um, I think that would actually be um, uh, not only not helpful, but maybe even problematic. Mm. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm not bringing my sound to something. Yeah. I think actually, I'm taking guidance, and I'm saying, you know what is a is a feeling like you know in some ways i think i'm looking for or hoping for a sense of like a maybe a universal kind of an emotion you know i think things that we all are connected by and um you know there's a thesis i think that we have when we're working which is if we're feeling something together the hope is that others would feel the same thing right. um but Again, maybe that's the value of the collaboration where it's not just about the ideas, it's also about those feelings. You know, like I might be feeling something, but it's only right if Barry's feeling it, right. you know, and if we feel it together, then that feeling could yeah. be right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so it's really a, it's really a like a conjoined kind of emotion. It's not a, you know, um it's not from from me. and actually, I. I, my hope on films is that it isn't in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, my hope is that it's, Then maybe I'm sort of more of a, I don't know, like a prism or something like that, emotionally <laughs> for things. Because I really, I try to sort of almost like lose myself in a lot of ways. Right. So that I can, um, you know, resonate with the director. You know, like there's no, like for example, I hope to, I hope I, um, I, I don't have a similar sound on different projects. You know, I want to have the sound of of that film you know no two films are the same for me they're really every project is different and i really strongly believe that every film should have its own sound and its own universe and its own world because each film is is its own world you know so and each film has its own directors so you know that's that kind of you know that's all my hope i guess yeah no (laughs) it definitely comes across because
0: i think each one of your scores so far has been it, it feels for of that film rather than yeah. of you right. but, but it is of you right. of course but but, the, but you know. I'm
1: trying for it to be yeah, yeah I think a lot of it is maybe aesthetically that there I feel um that each like each cue or each piece that goes into a movie I the way in which it works you know um, is that if it feels like it's like inside the world of the movie yeah then I think it works yeah yeah and I think that there are some things that I'll you know pieces I'll try you know where I'll say oh what about this mm-hmm. and sometimes they feel like they're just like sitting on top of the movie they're like you know they feel like they're not in the movie yeah, I know that what you mean you like, know what like, I mean it just sits on the top yeah it's, it's just like where why won't it go yeah why it, yeah. where is this movie it's not working you know and I think that the the weird thing with it is that um when it works it works right it kind of works right away yeah I yeah. I don't often find that a piece you sort of get it to work it doesn't really happen that way I think there are pieces that just feel naturally like they are inside of a scene or inside of a of a, of a, a film, sure. yeah. and um, and again, that's the mystery. Like I have no idea what that is. Like I couldn't. <laughs> I think it's different for every movie. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah. any rules on what that is. I really think ultimately it's just are you in tune with what the director wants to feel, and if if the director is feeling certain things and you're on that wavelength then you can understand what is right for
0: that right. movie. Do do directors like Adam and Barry do they give you temp tracks? Or is it
1: not really. Um I mean I think you know, with Adam and with Barry on both movies, uh I got involved, you know, I was working with Adam while he was yeah. shooting it and then with Barry I started talking to him before. Right. So like on Moonlight, I mean we had Little's theme pretty much right from the beginning. Um you know, look, there are always moments where an editor will use a of course, piece of temp music, shape, of course, yeah. and, and directors can, you know. Uh, but I think one of the things that is interesting about temp tracks is that um, music's really hard to talk about. It's yeah. really abstract. Yeah, Even yeah. musicians have trouble kind of talking about it sometimes. And I think that um, there, the value that temp track could have is that it gives you a chance to say, well, what about that? What about whatever that's doing? You know, is it doing anything? And if you can sort of say, well, okay, so you're you're not looking for, you know, a beat or you know something you know sad and intense. You're looking for something clearly kind of ambient. You know, yeah, yeah. just the big picture kind of right. general broad things. Um, that's something you know it can it can simplify the conversation potentially. For sure. Um, but. I you know, I know in particular when Barry and I talk about it, I mean, anytime, there if there ever is a temp track, you know, it's sort of like usually not helpful for us because you know, he'll be like he'll be like, Don't do that. That's exactly. Not, I know that's not you know, or you know, and we've and we've always had our um we've always had our success in going our own way. You know. Yeah. Um but I understand why temp can be used and I certainly uh you know, there's good reasons to use temp and there's there's not so great reasons for sure. to use. Yeah.
0: One of the most interesting ones I ever heard of yeah. was uh I went to a screening of Neon Demon. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, the director, oh. was there with Cliff Martinez. Mm. And he said he gave him, a, he tempted it with Bernard Herrmann. Okay. And, you know, Cliff's style sure. is completely not Bernard Herrmann. Sure. So okay. he's like, I don't want you to do this, but here's what I'm feeling. Right, and I thought that was right. very That's interesting. It, that yeah. is
1: interesting. Just as like a, hey, here's something. Yeah, Well, exactly. you know what, look, it can be a starting point. You're like, hey, here's some. you know, yeah, I, yeah. I think, um, uh, But but I think also, uh, temp and that story, for example, I think speak to the mystery of the process, which is right. what is the right music, and exactly. and people, you know, people, you don't, no one really knows. Um, exactly, but that's the
0: fun of the process. After a hundred, you don't know. Some years of filmmaking, we still don't know. We still don't know. <laughs> We're still figuring it yeah. out. But
1: I, but I think you know what I think. If we did know, it wouldn't be fun anymore. Exactly. Like that's if you truth. knew exactly what to do, it would be, you know, it'd be much more. uh I don't know. It, it, it would lose the lose the magic. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> so. Um, so just looking at your overall process, where, uh, of course it's going to be different for every film, but where yeah. does that first note come from? Like, do you have a, a place you go to to... So do you, you like... Is that that first conversation? Is that looking at the script? I mean, with Adam and Barry, you're very lucky to be involved prior, but if you come to yeah. maybe a project later and you're kind of like the last stop, okay, here's the music, I'm sure it's going to be different there, but yeah. is there something that you... Is it just sitting at home alone? Is like, do you just tinkle, you know, tinker on the piano? Like, it's I. I think it's different on every
1: project. Yeah. Um, I'm usually, you know, usually there's a conversation um, with with the director. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, alone time is good. You know, um, I think I've always there. There's some films that I would go to the piano and and you know, uh, but in some ways it's funny. Like I think piano definitely, like you know, as a pianist I can. There's a lot of things that I can go to, yeah. um, but sometimes that's not helpful either. You know, because I think sometimes like it's almost too easy with an instrument that you know really well, because right. your hands like go to certain things without you even thinking, and you're like, yeah. oh, you know, like your hands go where they're used to going. And I think actually a lot of composition is doing things that you're that put you outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. so that you find new things or that you're in different places. You know, so. You know, it could be like playing in keys that you're not used to or yeah, yeah. it could be not writing at the piano, you know. So, I mean, it's it's different every time. I think sometimes the uh, sometimes there's just a feeling right away that there's a certain sound world for a movie. Yeah. I think that's often where I start, I guess. I'm sort of talking about a project and I'll imagine like a, some sort of an idea. You know, like with Moonlight, it was this idea of, Poetry, poetry you know yeah. and I immediately sort of started thinking that that was like a quiet piano and maybe a quiet violin with it, it just you know I don't know why <laughs> if for Beale Street, you know? work, what was the? If for Beale Street yeah. well Beale Street was interesting because Barry had given me that note of hey brass and horns let's start there so, so and that was I'm amazing going. because get getting that kind of assignment is yeah. like okay awesome now I can start with this you know and let me try and see what that's all about so so that was really um that was really fun actually, you know, just getting to, sort of getting the the uh, the excuse to experiment, you know, on these <laughs> instruments. Uh, and so I did, and that was, you know, but that was, um, yeah, that was just writing. That wasn't at the piano necessarily. Yeah. That was just writing some ideas down. And, uh, and then I went to the piano and was looking for certain chords. One of the things I was exploring with Beale Street as well was this idea of, you know, what is the sound of 20th century New York? What's the sound of mid 20th century New York? The film set in the early 1970s, yeah. um, but also um, a lot of the uh, uh, source music that Barry was thinking of using, for example, the Miles Davis, Blue and Green, or uh, John Coltrane. Um, they're really, you know, mid mid twentieth century jazz too. Um, and I think there was an idea of, well, what is you know, is New York? New York has a, a jazz element, maybe. I'm from New York, and I think there's in some ways, there's an idea of what is
0: a New York sound. Yeah, you know? there is. Uh, for those people who live in New York, they have that's kind of like yeah. There's piano, there's jazz. You always think of more, more of like a noir, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly.
1: I mean, there's all these things that come to it, and I can't pin you know pin down exactly one thing. Yeah. I think New York's a lot of things, obviously. Yes, it, it is. It's such you a know diverse city. it's a very diverse yeah. yeah diverse and complex place. But I think um, you know the combination of the ideas of jazz of New York of brass and horns. And I I felt, what if I was writing pieces of music for brass uh, and then for strings and for cellos and I was trying to think of a set of harmonies that maybe were jazz oriented in some way. So sort of seventh chords and different dissonances, but then also what would it sound like if I used those kinds of chords but wrote the pieces as if they were like a 19th century chamber piece, you know what I mean? So like, what if you wrote a piece that had these chords but it was like a cello octet, you know? (laughs) That was, those kinds of experiments and and that's kind of what I did. I, you know, (laughs) followed those feelings and um, started experimenting with that and as we evolved with the strings it just kept going from there. Um, But, you know, if that's any maybe that's some some way into remembering what I was thinking at the time. But it does become kind of a blur, honestly. I mean, you, sort yeah, of, you, can, you yeah, just sort sure. of start doing things. It's you're like, oh, here we are. Yeah. yeah, and Barry and I will get in the room and we'll work for days on end and we'll say to each other after like two, three days of working hours a day, we'll just be like, well, how, what, how'd we get here? <laughs> like <laughs> like when you're it? driving home, you don't realize you've arrived <laughs> Exactly, home. It's like, hey, wait, no, like, exactly. You know, like you just go into this sort of flow state or something. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: So. Do you have a, for, you know, as a, you have you're very familiar with the piano you're a pianist sure. but do you have like in your mind like okay i use strings for these emotions i use brass for these emotions or is it just like no, you know, <laughs> no. Okay, so you don't have like a, a, no. work, a bank of like ready to go type you know structure Not really. already no
1: no i mean i i know you know intellectually of different things that you could do like that right. but there's i don't have any instincts like
0: that you i guess know? that's good because i need to get stuck in a Stuck in, yeah, it's a certain... Well,
1: it's funny. Forms. I don't think any instrument actually has, should have any immediate connotation, you know? Mm. I mean, like, you know, if you look at just the piano as an example, the piano can do anything, you know, it can sound like anything. You know, it can sound like any genre. It can sound like any emotion, you right. know? Um, certain instruments, I think, naturally have certain feelings that are more immediately within them, you know? Yeah. Like like the resonance that you get from a bow going across a string that's a sound that a piano just physically cannot generate right. um, and so you're always going to have more of a human intimacy with a you know a wind brass or string instrument than a piano yeah. in in some ways but at the same time there's a you know if you close mic a piano there's an intimacy and a sort of feltiness that you get out of the hammers yeah, yeah, that is yeah. its own so they're all different you know but they can all each do this crazy range of things i mean brass can do you know a million things you know so it's I just I think you you know you can never uh, you can never sort of limit the range of possibilities of, of any instrument. Yeah absolutely. Yeah.
0: So kind of looking at the uh, the whole overall process of what your job is from start to finish what is your most absolute favorite part of what you do? Like from a start of the film to the end of when it's when you've delivered it and it's mixed as finished it's all done. Best
1: part is without question when you're sitting with the director and you you discover something that you didn't know about the movie. Yeah. Or 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 you you know, you there's a, a piece and, and it clicks in a way where it feels like it just like unlocks a scene to mm-hmm. you. And those are those are the most those are the most exciting. I mean, I think actually like that's what it's for me, that's what it's all about is those moments of discovery where you're just like, yeah. oh my God, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. Like this is this changes our whole you know. And I think, you know for for you know definitely in the in, in the films that we've been talking about you know working with you know Adam working with Barry, I mean there are those moments where you just feel like you you figure something out and yeah, it's yeah. such a it's exhilarating you know and it feels those are those moments you really do feel connected <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to it and you feel um yeah, you just feel excited in a very special way. So yeah. th- without question, those are the best moments.
0: Is there a, yeah. is there a moment or in that process in the whole process that you maybe dread? Is there something that like oh that this part like is there something like too mechanical? Like you want to get through it? Whether it's like maybe that's a good question. Yeah. I
1: think um, you know the hard the hardest part probably is towards the end of the process um, when you when a film is is just about to go to the mix stage, you know, for the final dub, yeah. um, there's usually a lot of last minute changes that are happening in the edit. Yeah, those last and minute those changes. Those last minute changes, <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, at that point, you probably have recorded a lot of the music, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there's always this question of, like, you know, do we have to, do I have to rewrite these pieces, or is there an edit, how are we gonna do, yeah. you know, and, um, I can be pretty particular about that, where I'm sort of like, yeah, you know, if there's a, f- you know, some some pieces, it's work, it's different than others, you know, but um, you know, I think at, at late stage, you know, there's a flow and there's sort of an internal right. logic to some yeah. of these pieces, and. Um, you know, that's, that's maybe the most fearful moment is like, wait, is that scene changing? Yeah, because once, <laughs> do you, I have once to you're
0: like, married to that How picture, am I going to, what yeah. am I going to do
1: to this piece, you know? And what, you know, that's probably the most uh, fraught moment. Yeah, but, you know, you figure it out. Right.
0: <laughs> so just looking back uh, at your younger self, is there something that you learned very early on in your career that really that whether it was a mistake you made, whether it was a lesson that somebody, a mentor mm-hmm. of yours taught you that you was like, this is great advice, mm-hmm. and that really helped me shape me and put me on the right path? Like, or to not make that mistake again, or something like that?
1: That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think it's probably, I don't know where I first internalized that this idea or this feeling, but um, I think it might have been, I did the ASCAP Columbia workshop, right. you know, um, and uh, I worked with uh, a really fantastic, uh, uh, you know, uh, teacher there, Alex Steiermark, who was um, actually Spike Lee's uh, music editor, supervisor for, for years and years on a lot of the most, those amazing films. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was in that uh, program where the idea of you know how many different cues are possible for any scene, yeah. but really, really saying to yourself, What's the best one for this? You right. know Because I remember, uh, you know, I got into the class, and I remember, you know, and and I, you know, just you know thought I could write film music, you know, and I remember, <laughs> you know, but I really wanted to, you know, I was like, I think I, I think I know what I'm doing, you yeah, know, yeah. I hope, you know, and I remember going in, and they uh, in the in the program they they uh, connect you with uh, Columbia, uh, you know, film school directors who are making their final film, yeah, yeah. and you work together and you. What the, you know, you you score the film, and then they they pay for a great recording session with amazing musicians and the whole thing. And I remember there was a scene in that uh, in the short that I was working on, and uh, I wrote you know what I thought was was a good piece <laughs> for it, and we had to you know you have to play them for the class. Yeah. And I remember you know Alex sort of saying, Yeah, you know it works, but you know is that really is that really like the best piece for this? Is it right. The best cue? And, you know, at first I was like, wait, like, what do you what do you mean? Like, I was like, oh, I think it's, it's good. But then I, it made me think to myself, that really is the question. Yeah. Like, is this really the best idea for this? You know, it's not just does it work, because right. there's a lot of things that can work. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, what's really, like, what is this scene really about? Like, what are we really trying to do here? And that, honestly, it actually just made me completely think about everything differently. You That's know, right, yeah. it's a sort of moment where I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, he's right. There's like a hundred thousand things I could be doing here, and is that actually the? Is that really what I think? You know, so um, I think that's something that I always think about to this day. It's always like, what is the best? You know, yeah. and best is obviously a very you know, a, you know, questionable word, maybe. You know, right. what is the what is the piece that I feel is yeah. the most powerful for what we're trying to do? Maybe that's a better way to say it. You yeah. know, like what is the right? What is the most? Connected piece to what we're trying to do here, and um, yeah, I think about that all the time. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was a piece of advice or learning that I had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, still think about it with every single piece. <laughs>
0: so, um, is there any uh, is there any genre that you haven't tackled yet that you like want to get your hands on? Like, do you want to do like a like a marvel movie do you want to do like a just a rigid horror film is there anything sure yeah no i would love to do
1: a marvel movie
0: <laughs> i would do i would do a marvel movie
1: in a second uh, i think that'd be an amazing uh you know experience but also um i would love to do a horror movie yeah you know i've never i've always thought horror was it was a great genre and uh musically it's a great genre because the music in horror films is so connected
0: with yeah. what's going on you yeah,
1: know yeah, yeah. uh so yeah so Uh, Both of those would would both be fun genres. So you you would you you, you
0: would take on any 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 task that comes your way that that push you in a different direction. I'd love to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Like we were saying, I mean, I have no. You know, uh, I love the films that I get the chance to work on. I feel privileged to work on those films. But I think there are you know uh, so many different types of films that I would love to try my hand at. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, So to to wrap up, uh, if you could pick any other job on a film besides the composer. Behind the camera or in front of the camera, whether it's a, a writer, whether it's a set designer, if you could just try it and just experience that, yeah, what would you pick?
1: That's a good question. I think. Well, I have two answers, maybe. The okay. first would be I think I, I'm very curious about uh, film editing. Yeah. Um, and I've had that chance to be closer to it over the past few years, especially yeah, yeah. through Hank. You know. Um, so I would definitely be curious to try my hand at that. However, the um, I think on a just theoretical yeah, level theoretical, something yeah. that I have never really done but I'm fascinated with would be cinematography like yeah. I think uh that that art form is something that I really don't uh technically know how any cinematographer does what course, they do yeah. and I'm fascinated by that so that would be But, see, but see, I feel I'm yeah. yeah I feel I'm much closer to potentially <laughs> trying around editing than, than I am with, with cinematography but but I think <laughs> I think a great cinematographer I mean that's talk about you know it's Visual poetry and I, yeah, you know, how that happens. I, you know,
0: I'm, I'm very, very uh, in awe of that. I asked John Powell that same question, and he was with full sincerity said stuntman <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: amazing I do not want to be a stuntman yeah. <laughs> not even for a second okay. uh, Nicholas no <laughs> no okay. stuntman I'm totally cool not being a stuntman
0: <laughs> uh, well Nicholas I want to thank you so much for your time this thanks. evening yeah, thanks that for talking it was such a great yeah, fun great. time and uh, yeah, yeah. best of luck with everything in the future it's always been thank great you. to listen to your music thank and you. it really enriches, enriches the stories that we see so thank you so much really appreciate yeah. it thank you very much